Welcome to the Radiant Weddings Podcast. On today's episode... I apparently am the lesser of the two. I know my place. In the wedding planning part of things. No, no, there was a look in your eye that said, you know, (laughs) remember that you married up, Joe. Hello again, everybody. This is the Radiant Weddings Podcast. It's good to be with you again. Thank you for listening. I'm Joe. And I'm Rhea. And we're back. It has been a while. Apologize. It's been a bit of a crazy couple months here. It turns out that uh, I think we said this before. It is very difficult to keep up recording a podcast with an infant. Uh, It turns out that that was an understatement. It's nearly impossible. So (laughs) forgive (laughs) the strong delay. Uh, But uh, we are back. We don't intend to cease recording. Right. We might just have long pauses depending on how flexible Jade is. Well, she's asleep right now. So, so we're going to talk really fast today. Take advantage of this. Go, 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 go. <laughs> she's yeah. been sleeping better today, so hopefully we'll we'll have a good chance to do this. But how have you been, Rhea? I haven't seen you since the last recording. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Now, do you think people think that? Like, are these people really married doing this? They seem like a couple, but I bet they're just two people who just are, we are stage really, presence. We are really married, and we really have a baby together. So I think that should be verification we're of our status. We're, yes. we're really, like, we're extra married. Right. We've been married a year. Before we <laughs> before we go down a bunny trail, we don't want to go down. Yeah. For those of you who may not have listened to episodes past, uh, I think this is our 11th episode, mm-hmm. right? The purpose of this podcast is to help out engaged couples with planning their weddings. Uh, there are many things that we have found as myself as a photographer and Rhea as a wedding planner, uh, we have found that are consistent problems that every couple faces and it seems to be that none of them are ready for because typically couples who are planning a wedding, particularly younger couples, they've obviously never done it before. They've never been married before, so they have no point of reference. They have no experience. And yet the task is before them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sometimes people will hire a wedding planner such as Rhea, but this podcast is for the purpose of helping engaged couples, whether or not they have a wedding planner. Today's topic is specifically on the unexpected in general, correct? Right. We will be talking about planning for the unexpected because... I think a lot of people start the wedding planning process. No, I know a lot of people start the wedding planning process by um, maybe researching things on Pinterest, but there is a lot of... um, Gloss? Misinformation is not the word I'm looking for. Uh, I think that a lot of stuff that you find on like social media are the ideal situations because people aren't sharing like... Oh, here's the uh, cruddy weather that we had. As vendors, we put we put the the good stuff on social media because that's what we we want an ideal to shoot for. Right. But that's not the reality of the behind the scenes of every wedding day. Right. There there are things that happen. Uh, sometimes it can involve family drama. I think we've spoken about this before, mm-hmm. or just things being that really you- sweaty. Being really sweaty, yeah, if it's too hot of a day. Um, costs that you didn't anticipate, you know, there all sorts of stuff. There are always costs that you didn't yeah. anticipate. But there's a lot of um, unrealistic expectations. I think that's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for of what a wedding planning a wedding might look like. 
And so that's what we want to talk about. And if I can put a disclaimer out, um, at the time of this recording, it is in 2020. So obviously one of the unexpected circumstances that couples are dealing with this year is the COVID-19 pandemic. But the intention of this episode is not to specifically talk about COVID-19. Because hopefully pandemics won't become uh, normal normal or something that we have to think about a lot. But this year, that is the unexpected thing that people are dealing with. But the reality is that no matter when you're listening to this, there are going to be unexpected circumstances. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not something as dramatic as a pandemic. But I just wanted to put that out there in case anybody's listening and being like, Uh, here's another thing talking about planning for COVID-19 and blah, blah, blah. No, this is going to be relevant for whenever you're planning your wedding. This is for anything from a missing button to a pandemic. So we're covering... Such a range. I know, we're covering such a range today. I'm going to ask you a question then, because I'm not the wedding planner. I'm glad you still know your place. I I can just leave. Right now, the door's right there. This is my office. I mean, this is now you my monologue. Leave. You so. could leave. It's my office. That no. we're in. Um, yeah. All right. Anyways, <clears throat> let me just put some aloe on that burn. <laughs> I'm not the wedding planner, but um, I know that there are unexpected things that happen in weddings. But why is it so important for people? This is going to sound like an obvious question, but why is it so important for couples? to plan for the unexpected, as opposed to just accepting that there will be unexpected things? That's a good question, because there will be unexpected things. Life just has a way of doing that. And you're dealing with a lot of humans on a wedding day, which leads to unexpected things and weather and things like that. But like, but it, is the answer is not to just roll with the punches? There's some element of rolling with the punches, but planning for the unexpected means that you kind of have an idea of how you're going to roll with the punches, the the spirit, the attitude that you're going to take into it. And I feel like in a way this episode is a follow-up to our expectations episode, mm-hmm. which I can't remember the title of. But I'll this put is... a link to it in the description. No, I will because I write the descriptions. Great. Yeah, so <laughs> that's already covered. Um, but this is basically Expectations 2.0. Um, it's a decent title right there. So... <laughs> Well, look at how successful we are. We already have a title. And if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. My wedding will go according to plan. Then you really need to listen to this episode. (laughs) Okay. So now, obviously, we're married, as we've established. Mm -hmm. And I apparently am the lesser of the two. I know my place. In the wedding planning part of things. No, no. There was a look in your eye that said, (laughs) you know, remember that you married up, Joe. We have some counseling to go to after this. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. We're good. I love you. I love you too. All right. Let's get back on topic. We are married and we discuss these podcast topics ahead of time. Mm -hmm. In that conversation, you had a very specific strategy that you use and that you encourage couples to use for their planning process. And it's not exactly like, here's how to be a wedding planner, but like, here's a mentality to go in. And it's very practical and it's very executable. Mm -hmm. Go. So the strategy is to isolate three specific non-negotiables in your wedding planning. So right at the beginning of your planning process, you sit down and you say, okay, what are three things that are the most important to us to have on our wedding day? And that could be something like my dress is my uh, a top priority. 
obviously you want your spouse to be at the wedding. Right. I, I think that there's some things that's established. Yeah. For for just for the sake of disclaimer here, like if 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 you're saying, okay, well, my number one priority is that you know I want us to get married. Like, okay, well, that is going to happen. We're taking okay? that as a given. Yeah. There's a few things that in in this list. Please don't include things that obviously will happen. It could be your dress. It could be your officiant. It could be your first dance song. These are something these like are that. Practical things, right? So you you also wouldn't put on this list like. My number one priority is that I want to have a good time. Right. That that's not something that it has to be something that you have control over. Right. The the difference between a goal and a objective. Uh, no. I would I would say like the the these things that you put on this list are things that you have control over. Might be the wrong word because to a point you have a control you have some control over your right. emotions too. But I mean like physical things that you can do. So these we're are, we're not yeah, talking. Very, very doable, very practical steps. Yes, we're not talking about like, oh, most importantly, I want to have this this feel. I, I want mm-hmm. everyone to feel welcome or something. That's a mm-hmm. very vague concept. We're talking about practical plans mm-hmm. that you can put in place. You want everyone to feel welcome, then maybe you say, okay, I don't want a seating chart. I want mm-hmm. everyone to mingle. Like that is very important. Like that's one thing that we've discussed was very important for you. Now, right. That was a practical thing, but your your item was not, I want everyone to feel welcome. It was, I want everyone to know that they can sit anywhere they want and move throughout the night. Mm -hmm. That was one of your things. One point I would say here is that you want to make sure that your priority is something that depends as little on other people as possible. Like, say that again. It depends as little on other people as possible. So Um, this would also include like, don't put something on the list like, I want so-and-so to behave this way. Mm-hmm. Things that are are as in your control as possible. Like, so what, what are some very good examples of this? Besides, you said, let me see, you said the dress and maybe the, the flowers. Um, I've had some people say that the music, mm-hmm. they have a very specific type of music that they want. Um, not to blow my own horn, but some people are very particular about the photographer I have to interrupt because I hear Jade crying and I smell something burning. So let's go look into both those things. Good job, Jade. You saved the house. Maybe that's why she was crying. You saved the house. All right. So. Uh, Excuse that little interruption. Jade is with us because she woke up from her nap, as seems to be the case for every time we try to record this podcast. And Rhea burnt some tortillas and smoked up the house. Yeah. So had to go and take care of those things. <sighs> but our house is still standing. Yep, so it's just got a nice little haze. Let's just right move now. on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, this is the realities. This is, this is, yeah, this is real life here. All right. Um, so, yeah, we have three things on this list that you absolutely do not want to change. Like if you have to make sacrifices, you will make sacrifices about some other aspect of your Mm -hmm. planning rather than these three things. Like you were saying, as an example, if you absolutely have to have a specific photographer, then you have to work your date into their schedule. Yeah. These three things are going to guide your planning process. And then once you have these three priorities, I would say to Um, Make a few different plans that 
you could like have contingency plans in case plan A doesn't work out. Um, but but while still while keeping still, those priorities, right? So you're not saying make a, a a priority list A and a priority list B if you can't have priority list A. You're saying right. no, make those three things and they are non negotiable. Right, and, and then, then make, make three different plans that that. Uh, work around these three priorities. Yeah. Okay. To to clarify this, let me ask you to just put this in into an example. How about the catering? Oh, right. So, so catering, say, say catering you, is your priority. Say, well, this like specific type of food. Like, oh. I want to have, uh, I want to have Mediter- a Mediterranean meal. Ah. Okay. Easy and like, enough. That's that's specifically the kind of food that I want. So immediately, so, I'm not going to be looking at venues that have caterers in their package that you have to use unless they have Mediterranean food, mm-hmm. right? Now, yeah. Well, so you're just carry carry on with this example, right? So as you start planning your wedding, before you put many pieces in place, you will be checking out your local Mediterranean caterers or wherever you're planning on having the wedding. And work around their schedule um, and make sure that they uh, can work with any size of group, you know, depending on what your your wedding ends up looking like, they would be able to serve you. And what would be an example of having that as a priority, but neglecting it in the planning? Well, it would look like you making a bunch of other plans and then um, you get down the line and you're like, I really want a Mediterranean style of food but all of the Mediterranean caterers are booked um, or they they can't serve your specific wedding. Okay, so then a practical application is once you have this list of your three non-negotiables, make those, put those pieces into place first mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Like don't, don't prioritize them with your budget, prioritize them with how soon you take care of them too. Right. Okay. And and let them kind of be the guiding uh, drive behind your planning. The difference between this style of planning and just, um, you know, going for it, so to speak, is, you know, just starting from the top from whatever Pinterest list tells you is uh, I, I've talked to a lot of couples and I asked them, okay, so what are your priorities in planning your wedding? And they literally list absolutely everything that goes into planning a wedding. So, like, the food is really important to us. Right, um, but, but you're not asking what's really important to you. You're asking what is absolutely non-negotiable has to happen. Mm-hmm. Besides the given, I want to get married and I want to have a good day. You know? Yeah. But when you when you say that every aspect is really important to you... You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. There's going to be a disappointment because something... Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to compromise somewhere probably. Exactly. Yeah. So So when you have to compromise, you need to have known ahead of time what you're willing to compromise Mm -hmm. on and what you're absolutely not. And you're saying limit the non-compromising things Mm -hmm. to three. Yeah. So I also have another thing to point out. Very important on this list. Do not put something on this list. Like you said that, that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Perfect example, the weather. <laughs> People do this. If People you can control the, the weather, you can come work for me. Yeah, please do. Yes, <laughs> we will pay you large sums of money. But people really do this. Like, oh, I mm-hmm. want to have this this beautiful ceremony on this 
a lakeside property in the sunlight or at sunset or whatever, and they they don't even think like, what if it rains? Oh, it right. won't rain. Like, well, what if it does? I'm just gonna hope that it won't. But what if it does? You're gonna have 150 <laughs> people there who are now sitting in the rain. Is that is that your plan B? Like, if it rains, we just get wet. If probably it is, not. I hope they love you. Yeah, I hope probably. They really love you. I, I don't think that anybody would actually do that. I, I would. I would hope not, anyways. But if that's actually your priority, like it's an unrealistic priority. Mm -hmm. You can't control the weather. You would have to be willing to reschedule your entire wedding for that kind of thing. So there, there are things that you just can't put on this list because you you have no control of them. Okay, the difference between that though, like you might say the location is super important to us. Like we really want to get married in a spot with a view. And that that could change. You know, that's something that could be flexible, but um uh, I'm just going to take this year for example. So sure. a lot of weddings started out as full weddings and they went down to a very intimate ceremony, uh maybe an elopement. So it forced if, them to see what was important. Right. If a stunning location was the priority, then you may have had this large venue with a great setting. Um, but once you're down to an elopement, you didn't need that size and, and to pay for that that capacity. So then maybe you eloped um, you know, on a mountain in the Adirondacks or something. So that's an example of where, you know, that that flexibility um can be can be taken into account. I think that the biggest advantage to this technique that you have of choosing three things that must be prioritized, must be done first, and must not be compromised on, that mm -hmm. you can control and that are specific and not vague. Mm -hmm. those, are the, those are the criteria. But this technique, it planning a wedding is like, is like putting together a puzzle. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. And if you just start going onto Pinterest and saying... Oh, I want these place settings and here's some cool decor for this. And, oh, this is a cute accent to my dress and all of these little pieces. They're important and you should do them. But when you start with them, it's sort of like putting the center of the puzzle together. Instead of the without, edge pieces. <laughs> without doing the edge yeah. pieces. Like, yeah, because like, everyone knows that's the best way to put puzzles together. Right. You do the edge pieces first so that you actually know where you're working with. But I was going to say even more than that. It's like putting the puzzle together without looking at the picture. Like, you don't even know what you're assembling. Well, what I see happening with, and, and this is a common mistake that I see a lot of couples make, is when they start um, just kind of putting pieces together without a plan, without knowing the big picture of mm -hmm. it all, mm -hmm. uh, they go over budget. And mm -hmm. they stress themselves out mm -hmm. because they've started putting pieces together and then they realize that they don't fit. And yeah. so they're they're left with like, well, what really is important to me? Because they hadn't figured that out from the beginning. Right. And so... Um, this this forms this, a structure for yeah. your planning. Most of my couples that go over budget are the ones who started planning before they started planning with me. So mm -hmm. they, they started spending the money. That they went over budget on are the things that they... they... They locked some things in before they came to me and then... That's a nice little pat on your shoulder I you just know. gave yourself. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's true. And this, and this is the technique that you use to prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm. Pick three things. Those things, the, these three things cannot be changed. Having a plan is like a necessity for anything in life. It yeah. seems like. Would you, would you build a house without a blueprint? Would you build a house by starting with 
you know, I start with build, a kitchen sink. Start with the kitchen sink. There's no frame. <laughs> there's no walls. Right. There's no, there's no foundation, but there is a sink. That's not to say, I mean, obviously with design, there's elements that you want to include. You know, you know some things that you like, but like you, you don't. If, yeah. If you were building a house and you know the kitchen sink is very important to you, Mm-hmm. You would make sure that the blueprints made Include, room for a really great sink. Right. But you're not going to actually start building or buying things until you have the blueprint. And it's the same with wedding. This is mm-hmm. your blueprint. You can this start pinning. You, start. you can start pinning like crazy. That There's nothing wrong with that. Because then, uh, you know, as you start with that, you kind of start getting an idea of the framework. But don't start buying until you have a plan. What were your three things for our wedding? My, well, I had because I wasn't the planner. I was the supporter, and I had one thing. I... Excuse you. And I had one thing that was important to me, and that was that you showed up. Well, but we're talking about beyond that. <laughs> yes. So, given. but I, I'm just I'm just putting that out there mm-hmm. and saying that's why I'm asking you. Right. So maybe a little disclaimer is the only thing that should ruin your wedding day is if your spouse doesn't show up. So with that said, these three things, we're calling them non-negotiable, but they shouldn't ruin your wedding day if for some reason one of these three things doesn't work out. Right. Nothing on your wedding day should ruin your wedding day unless you don't get married. Yeah. So these three things are not on that list of like, if this doesn't happen, it will ruin my wedding day. We're saying that these three things cannot be compromised on to make room for another plan that's not on the list. So to answer your question, my three things? Yes. My dress. What about your dress? That I sewed it myself. Oh, okay. So So that that you had a dress? I mean, like, that's a great priority. I'm glad that you didn't walk down the aisle nude. That should be on the given list, by the way, that you are dressed at your wedding. I was talking about my specific dress. (laughs) I was in no scenario was I going to walk down the aisle. Your priority was that you use the dress that you had made. And that it looked like the vision in my head, which was extremely difficult. It took a lot of time making that happen. Yeah, you redid it like what, six Six times? Six times, yeah. (laughs) So uh, my dress, and then I (laughs) I know we said it has to be something achievable, but this the uh, atmosphere was important to me, and I, I had to create um, a strategy for making that happen. Right. You had an atmosphere of mingling and chatting and talking, but that's not a thing that we really could just make, but there were... We made a plan to make it happen. Right. For one thing, we didn't play the music too loud. Mm-hmm. Two, we didn't have a seating chart. Three, we had... Uh, we didn't have a set meal time. We just mm-hmm. had like a grazing thing. All of these things for the purpose of that priority that you made. So that was two. Mm-hmm. What was your third? My third? What was your third? <laughs> what was my third? Did you third? have a third? Um, my third was that my family could all be there. Ah, and that's a, that's a very applicable one Mm. because you had family coming from california california and and paraguay paraguay yeah Yeah. so that you know we had to kind of plan the date around when they were able to travel so that Mm -hmm. and that actually because we were originally thinking we could have our wedding like in a few months because Mm -hmm. we we actually had that capability we delayed we delayed our wedding by a few months uh to make sure that they could make it 
And there may have been times that I was angry with them for being so far away because I wanted to get married. <laughs> but for the record, just so you guys know, we're talking about delaying this like so that we went from an engagement period of three months to six months. Okay? Yeah, so we're it not, still wasn't that long. It wasn't adding years on or anything <laughs> like that, but we were we were ready to get married. Yeah. So um So you had your three reward that family would be there, that you could use the dress that you had made, mm-hmm. and that you had a welcoming environment with which had like sub specific things. Right. Uh, and looking back, I'm glad we we did what we did. And it I, I'm trying to remember anything unexpected that we dealt with and honestly Whatever it was, we must have rolled with it. We rolled with it because those three things that we had put in place were still happening. Your family mm-hmm. was going to be there. Like, that was actually one of... We've already talked about this, but one of the biggest arguments we had was about the seating chart. Because mm-hmm. your non-negotiable was, no, I want this welcoming environment, and I don't think it'll happen if there is a seating chart. And yeah, you my, were totally right. My non-negotiable kind of... Um, conflicted with... Conflicted with one of Joe's strongly... Yeah, but mine, uh, it wasn't, it, mine wasn't a non-negotiable. No. I just it, wanted more order. I didn't, I thought it was going to be chaotic without a seating mm-hmm. chart and I was wrong. It was totally fine. Mm-hmm. If you hear the, the play mat <sighs> yeah. toys down there, I'm sorry. This is just how we're going to keep her from squawking. Yeah. Um, so as a recap, what are the conditions, qualifications for the three things? One is that it has to be something you can control. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, it has to be something uh, that can work with a variety of plans. So something something that is flexible that you can control mm-hmm. and something that isn't that something that is practical. Yeah, something, something that you actually can make literal steps to do. Right. You can make a plan to do it and and achieve it fairly easily. Now last question. I think the answer is yes, but should you limit it to three? I think you should. I think you should because too many priorities uh, leads you to higher stress because you're trying to achieve more things and control more things. Um, so mm-hmm. if you keep it simple for yourself, you just eliminate a lot of stress that way. Right. And and remember, this is just things that you won't compromise on at the expense of something that's not on the list of Mm -hmm. three things. It doesn't mean that like, oh, I've got three things, but I also really like these placemats. You can still probably have those. But if for some reason the placemats conflict with your dress, which I can't imagine how they do it, then if your priority is your dress, stick with the dress. This is a terrible example. Yeah, I I don't know of any wedding that actually uses placemats to start with. So Uh, they all do. No. The arrangement of plates and napkins and forks. Are you talking about table settings? Oh, is that a placemats are the things that your grandma has on the table oh. that like keep her dining room table from getting stains and stuff. Oh. Yeah. So if so, you're if you have a non-negotiable of placemats, you're probably like 68 probably, years old. Yeah, you should probably um go back to the 80s. Go back to Pinterest. <laughs> um <laughs> but, uh, should I come note. up with a better example? No, I think we should end okay. right on that. That's a great right. note. Insulting seniors. That's a great way to end this episode. We insult the older <laughs> generations a lot, but we love them. We love moms. We, we love, love grandmas. Moms. Yeah. Yeah. 
They just uh, tend to have different no, non-negotiables. No. There you do. go. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. This is the Radiant Weddings Podcast with Joe and Rhea High. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.